This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, under the oversight of the elders of the Chipman Road Congregation in Lee Summit, Missouri. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The topic for discussion today in episode 93 is going to be from James chapter 4 and verse 4. Disciples of Christ need to remember that if you fit in with the world, then you don't fit in with God. James chapter 4 and verse 4 reads, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. If we want to be a friend of the world, then we make ourselves an enemy of God. We cannot have it both ways. We cannot be both a friend of God and a friend with the world. They are opposites of each other. The world does worldly things and God does spiritual things and wants us to do spiritual things. And so if we want to be a friend of God, then we have to keep his commandments. We have to do those things which are pleasing to him. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12, it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If we want to be a friend of God, then we have to be persecuted for his sake. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, according to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12. If we're living the way that God wants us to live, then we are going to suffer persecution. And if we suffer for righteousness' sake, then the kingdom of heaven is ours. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. If we're living godly and people persecute us and treat us wrong, then we are going to be blessed. And this is something that we need to rejoice in. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If we're persecuted for living godly, then we're blessed. But if we're living according to the world, then we have a problem because we've made ourselves a friend of the worlds. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24 says, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Where will the prophet be for the Christian if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Where will the prophet be for anyone if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? You see, our time on this earth is but for a moment. It's like a vapor that appears for a moment and vanishes away. So even if we gain all the money in the world, it's just temporary. It will only last until we either lose our life or Christ returns, and then we won't be able to buy ourselves heaven. We cannot offer God any amount of money for a chance to go to heaven. So what will it gain us if we gain the whole world and lose our own soul? The most expensive thing that we have, the most valuable thing that we have, 
is our soul that God has given us. And how we live is going to determine where we go, not the amount of money that we have on this earth. Because we cannot buy our way into heaven. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Disciples of Christ need to remember that if you fit in with the world, then you don't fit in with God. If it takes a lot of money to fit into with the world, then it's not worth it. Because what will it gain us? What will it profit us to gain the whole world and lose our own soul? And Luke chapter 6 and verse 26 says, Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. When you live right, all men are not going to speak well of you. When you're living the way that God wants you to live, you're going to be persecuted. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And it's in this persecution that we are to rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 12. For great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. When, we're pro- when we are persecuted for Jesus' sake, there's great reward in that. There is such great reward in that that we are blessed and we should be rejoicing and counting ourselves blessed to be able to suffer alongside of Christ. In Acts chapter 16, we have Paul and Silas being thrown in jail and they convert the Philippian jailer because they were rejoicing and singing in their cell. And so when there was an earthquake and the bars of the prison were opened up and the jailer was about to kill himself, Paul cried out and said, do not do that, for we're all here. And it was in the fact that he had heard them rejoicing and singing that he wanted to know more about this. Why didn't these men flee when they had the opportunity to do so? They are being persecuted here. They should have run away. But you see, they were rejoicing and exceedingly glad in this persecution. And this would have been something that would have been strange to the Philippian jailer, even to the point of where he did not understand. And he came to Christ because they taught him through their singing and their praying and everything. And so he asked the question, what must I do to be saved? And that gave them the opportunity to teach the Philippian jailer what he needed to do to be saved. They're rejoicing and singing in prison after they had been beaten and persecuted for Jesus' sake is what gave them the opportunity to teach the Philippian jailer. Disciples of Christ need to remember that if you fit in with the world, then you don't fit in with God. You see, Silas and Paul, they would not have fit in with the world. The world would have been there complaining and agonizing over the fact that they were thrown into jail. But that's not what Paul and Silas were doing. They were singing and praising God, even in the circumstance where they had been beaten and whipped and were in very bad situation in jail. And they had the opportunity to convert the Philippian jailer and all his household because of their attitudes that they had. In John chapter 15, verses 18 and 19, says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world will love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. The world is going to hate us because they hated Jesus. Jesus came to this world to save the world. 
In Luke 19 and verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. The world is lost and it needed a Savior. And so Jesus came to save them. But they didn't like the way that he was offering salvation to them. And so they hated him. They hated him for what he was saying. The Jews thought, well, we're God's people. We're above everyone else. And this man is coming to us and telling us that we're no longer God's people. They hated Jesus because of this. They hated him because he was telling them things that they didn't want to hear, that they needed to stop being hypocritical and they needed to change their lives and start living a godly life. And so they hated him for it. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of Christ. In John chapter 16 and verse 33, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In the world you will have tribulation. And this is something that we need to ask ourselves. Along with Luke chapter 6 and verse 26 where it says, Woe unto you when all men speak well of you, for so they did the fathers and false prophets who were before you. And then here, in the world you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Are we suffering in this world? If we're not, then we need to look back at our lives and see if they match up with Jesus. Because when Jesus taught what God wanted him to teach, he went through a lot of suffering. The world hated him. And if we are his disciples, then it's going to hate us as well. We're going to have tribulation in this world. If we have no tribulation, if we have no one persecuting us in this world, are we sure that we are living a godly life? In Romans chapter 12, and verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove was that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to not conform to this world. If we're not being persecuted, then more than likely we are conforming to the world and not being transformed by renewing of our mind, by putting Jesus' mind in us, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. If we're not being persecuted, then we're conforming and fitting in with the world. And if we're fitting in with the world, then we're not fitting in with Christ. We're not fitting in with God. We need to look at our lives and see, is there anything different from us and the world? Because if we look just like the world, if we dress like the world, if we talk like the world, and we do the things that are of the world, then we fit in with the world. There's nothing different from us than anyone else. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 1-11, through 11, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on the things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek or Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is in all and in all. Are we different from the world? Are we setting our mind on the things of the above and not on the things of the earth? 
Have we truly died when we were baptized in the watery grave for the forgiveness of our sins? Did we die and allow Christ to be raised to walk in newness of life where we are changed and no longer live in a sinful way, but live according to the way that God wants us to live. Have we put away fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry? Because if we haven't, then the, we look just like the world. Because the world indulges in fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And if we're doing the exact same thing as the world is doing then are we not just like the world? What makes us any different? We have to set our mind on the things above and not on the things of the earth. We have to put away from ourselves anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. If we get angry like the world does at every little thing, if we have wrath and we want vengeance and malice and we blaspheme and have filthy language coming out of our mouth, what makes us any different than the rest of the world? Disciples of Christ need to remember that if you fit in with the world, then you don't fit in with God. If we're doing these things, if we have fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness in our lives, then we separate ourselves from God, Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2. If we have anger, wrath, mouth, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, then we don't fit in with God. and We're separating ourselves because of sin from God. You see, if we're fitting in with the world, we're not fitting in with Christ. In James chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible sa- I'm sorry, in James chapter 1 and verse 27, the Bible says, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. We need to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. And this is pure and undefiled religion before God to visit orphans and widows, to love God, to love neighbors ourselves, and to we love God when we keep ourselves unspotted from the world, and we love our neighbor when we visit orphans and widows. You see, the two greatest commands of all the Bible are right here in this to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. And the second is like unto it to love thy neighbor as thyself. And this is called pure and undefiled religion by James in James chapter 1 and verse 27. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, the Bible says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world, and the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of the Father abides forever. Do not love the world. Do we find ourselves loving the world? Do we find ourselves in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life? Because if this is where we find ourselves, and this is how we find ourselves living, then what separates us from the world? Have we not made ourselves a friend of the world if we're living in these things? Matter of fact, the Bible says here in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, that these things are not of God. They're of the world. And this world is passing away. Eventually, this world is going to end. God's going to come back. He's going to judge the world. And everything in this world is going to burn up in a fervent heat. And God's going to take those that love him home. But those that did not love him, that made themselves a friend of the world, they're going to go to hell. And that's something for us that's hard, but it's true. So as we go about our lives today... Let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives 
digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizer's small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. So, as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you.